0: Next, in this episode of Inside Frozen 2...
1: We talk about believe in the process, because while you're in it, it's very hard to see how
2: you're going to get to the end.
0: Why did this one resonate that much, and what is the Frozen effect?
2: Someone wrote in saying that because of Elsa's journey, I'm still here on this planet because of Elsa and because of your movie.
0: I'm Ginger Zee, and I am so honored. I'm right in the very studios where the cast recorded their dialogue for Frozen 2. It's so cool. Wait till you hear about the process. We're also going to talk to Frozen 2's director, Chris Buck, and producer Peter Delveco next on Inside Frozen 2. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. thank no, Thank you. Uh, this was pretty special. So I've just seen it. So it's very fresh. And But yet I feel like I could watch five more times. How many times have you watched I was it say by, say the, more by this point?
2: Over the last uh, three it's years? It's a little more than five. Yeah. A little more than five times. Yeah. We've had to see it in different versions. We had to see the final mix. We had to see it in stereo. We had to see it sitting through the whole thing uh, uh, probably at least six or seven times yeah. in, the yeah. in the last couple weeks. A week couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. yeah. Chris, congratulations, because this has been, you know, the story has been trying to get out there since the <laughs> 1930s, I think, yep. <laughs> at yep. Disney, right? Yep. And and your version not only made it, uh, but then, help, as helped by your giant team that's so talented, has now the first animated musical sequel. Yes. Amazing. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't
2: have time to really sort of sit back and think about it all. It's overwhelming when you do. Yeah. Um, I just got a, a text today from my son. He's in New York and he's connected with musical theater but he had Patty Murin who mm-hmm. plays Anna on Broadway. It was her not her last day, but she was sort of yeah. sending off the Frozen Tour uh cast and she was emotional and all this and he just he just wrote, Look all the lives that you've affected and look and and I said, It's yeah, it's overwhelming but you know, it's in a great way and as as an artist Uh, you know, you just – you want to do something that, you know, says something to people, that touches them, that makes them laugh, does whatever, but reaches out and affects them. And and there's nothing I could have imagined for this – I could never have imagined this one Mm -hmm. would be uh, as powerful as it has been.
0: What is the first question that you wanted to answer for everybody? What is the – that you knew had to be a part of this film.
2: Well, you, Peter, you can talk to that because you were traveling the
1: world. And I did getting get to travel the world with students people. and artists. And I kept hearing the same question over and over again. Everyone wanted to know where did Elsa get her powers? Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I think that was sort of the genesis of, of I think there's more story to tell.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everyone that was just kind of ambiguous. Like, well, she got powers. Right. So
2: <laughs> yeah, and in the first one, we were okay with not really answering it. It yeah. was like, well, it's okay. We yeah. don't we don't necessarily need to answer it for that story mm-hmm. for the first part of it. But in this one, it just felt like you just wanted to dig deeper and she wanted to know. That's a question that everybody can relate to, especially um, young adults, young people, young adults, but that's we looked at Anna, also, Kristoff, and really all of them sort of as, you know in their early 20s just sort of having graduated college and the world is wide open for them now but what are they going to do with it where do they go where is their path going to take them and what do they have to give the world
0: promise me we do this together okay i promise and i will say that that time in my life and i always tell people i find that time to be one of the most difficult points mm-hmm. in my life and i think it is for a lot I of people i think we
1: can uh, all remember it and mm-hmm. We also happen to have uh, our own children who are uh, varying stages of college. Some graduating college, and and so it was very um, relevant to us as well. Yeah, and at the
2: time, at the time, yours were just starting college right, yes. when we mm-hmm. started on this movie, and now it, it's ironic to graduated. think that my
1: kids started college and finished college
2: <laughs> before we could
1: finish the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those,
0: those Speaking problems. of timelines, um, that's that's kind of your gig, right, sure. Peter? So yes. you've got to keep. Uh, how much do you count on them saying no 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 we really do need this much more time i mean how much do you push and and what is
1: well <laughs> um the overall schedule we have a release date when we start so we know we know there is a point that we have to finish the movie and i think we work as partners um uh it's our it's, we're all on the same team. We all want the same goal to get the best movie we can up on the screen. Uh We know we have limited time, limited resource, but we also have an amazing crew who's very talented at what they can do. And really, um they surprise us in what they can uh, uh bring to the movie. Yes, we have discussions, uh
2: but it's always about finding that compromise. Mm. You, you never have to do a- – tough, you know, meeting with us. It's usually just like, uh, guys, we're, you know, we really need to hit this certain mark and we go, we got it.
0: I was going to say, is there anything into that was cut from original Frozen? I don't
2: think so. Not really. I mean, when we started to, I don't think we had really started to explore Elsa's connection to nature or even thought about that yet. I mean, besides her ice and snow powers, but... Uh, but not the characters that now we have, you know. Like the first movie, there were many versions of this movie along
0: yeah. the
1: way yeah. and many sequences or songs mm-hmm. that, you know, at one point uh, were relevant. And then as the story evolved and changed, um, uh, they had to change as well.
0: Uh, do you have any of those that just you're holding on to? Like, man, that was my favorite. Because uh... everybody, that's the thing about collaboration. It's not going to be all one happy family. Everybody's going to agree all the time. Is there something? We that- had
2: a really fun song uh, for Christoph and Anna that, he, you know, that people will hear because it'll be available for them to hear it. And I did love that song. Got to get this right. It's Christoph. He wants to propose to Anna, but he wants to do it in the right way. It's not you. It's me. The timing and the setting aren't what I thought they'd be there's probably someone better for you out there anyway. Maybe I just
0: need some space.
2: What happened, I think, was no, I that that storyline became a little almost too big. And then it also, we had them break up at one point. Oh. I want to get this right. And it was yeah, it was almost it's almost a little too sad. Uh,
0: well, she does seem every time she's got that insecure like, wait, not with me. You don't want to, yeah. <laughs> which is such a common feeling for a lot of relationships when you're unsure. Yeah. yeah,
2: right. And we, you know, it's interesting. Anytime we would veer away from Anna and Elsa as the main
0: yeah.
2: story, it just it just didn't feel right.
0: So can we talk about some of the new characters? Just I mean, we're the impetus for say, um the fire salamander. <laughs>
1: Where does this? it came about as it was one of the four elements when we first started the movie we had just anticipated the one element gale wind mm-hmm. uh, but the more the story developed the more it felt like we needed all four earth wind and he represents fire in the movie and that came from Scandinavian folklore where uh, people bring in wood that's been stored outside they bring it in the fire when they light the fire sometimes salamanders have hidden in the wood and they come running out so they got associated with fire and so it made sense to us to incorporate him as the fire element
0: Mm -hmm. but yet the cutest fire element (laughs) in the world right (laughs) (laughs) you can't Uh cannot get cuter um and i think that's that's it's almost like you're kind of opening another a bit of an olaf door a little bit where you have this i mean he's not speaking and saying ridiculous things but you have that cuteness and lovable like oh we needed even more of that who is the comedian who's the most driver of the olaf you know brand would you say well it's no question. It's Josh Gad. Well, wow. Oh, Josh! Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd say, because jo- Josh, she was telling me that Josh, especially in that um, Frozen recap, mm-hmm. was ad-libbing a lot of that, yes. mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying there some of it is written prior. Well, yeah. oh, that's, Jen, or well, that's screenwriter, Jen. But it is Jen. She's the comedian of the of the group, though. Well, I think said. she
1: works she... really well in collaboration oh, yeah, with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the actor. I mean, really, we found on the first film. I think she found the voice of Olaf.
2: Through. By meeting Josh Gad and, and and really working in the studio, and she think... had, she had seen a test that uh, the animators had done, and it was Josh on the Tonight Show, I think, mm-hmm. and they just used a clip of that, and but with Olaf talking, and oh my she gosh. just went, oh, I, I, I he has to be the one. And we had already wanted Josh, and for some reason, it was he was going to go off and do another project, but luckily we got him back, and. Um, And then the very first scene that we did with him when you meet Olaf in the first film, we just worked and worked and worked it. And we just kept playing it. And he kept playing. And we found it.
0: Olaf! And you are...
2: Um, I'm Anna.
0: And who's the funky-looking donkey over there?
2: That's Sven.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And who's the reindeer?
2: The thing that... I had, you know, come up with Olaf in an earlier version before Jen was even there. And Olaf was... Originally, when Elsa was a villain, Mm -hmm. he was one of her guards. And so Marshmallow, the big snowman, was going to be, there were going to be many, of lots of Marshmallows. So he was one of them. But we thought that Elsa's power is just an entertaining thing, was that she's still learning, and she hadn't quite gotten it yet. So Olaf was the very first guard that she made. And he looked like he did, and so we called Olaf like the first pancake.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, little but, burned on the yeah, bottom that you throw away. Off.
2: So it was like, so there's Olaf. So Olaf started like that. He was kind of a, he was fun. He was a little annoying, mm-hmm. uh, but he was. I I knew. As an animator, so I started as an animator, I knew that he was animation gold.
0: Do you think you could show us the way?
2: Yeah. Why? How does this work? Ow! Stop it, Sven. Try and focus here.
0: When this started and you brought Jen, Leon, and you two had a relationship that now has evolved much like Anna and Elsa's, I would imagine. What can you tell us about that that has changed or, or good, bad? Jen or- has
2: now become <laughs> the queen and I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, off, I'm off riding towards the glacier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all, all three. Of us, we have a, a great uh, collaboration. We support each other. We we rarely argue, um, and usually it's just kind of disagreements. And and you mm-hmm. you you put it well. Whenever we yeah, I think
1: when I, disagree, what I, what I love about when we disagree, usually it leads to a third idea that's even better. So um, uh, that kind of disagreement, it's not arguing. It's just that creative differences. But again, it always. Mm -hmm. seems to lead to
2: something better. I'm always of the mind of if someone is passionate about an idea, even though I might not agree with it, I I say go for it. Mm -hmm. Go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But usually it does because they're so passionate about it. They usually make it work.
0: Do you remember one of the first things that the animators surprised you with or or did better than you could have thought? Oh, my God. That happened
1: almost (laughs) every daily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the level of animation, the level of creativity. I mean, we come up, obviously, in the story room, but mm-hmm. what they bring
2: to it is huge.
0: Like, give me an example of one of the moments, if, if you can.
2: Well, okay, so Olaf dying. Yeah. Um, We knew, obviously, it was going to be a very emotional scene. Who
0: decided Olaf was going to die? <laughs> <It's
2: not
0: nice. laughs> that, that
1: That came up in a very, very
0: early... Well, he doesn't early... die. No, well, he it disappears for a it time. disappears.
1: He that off that came up early 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 off-site discussion yeah. and i got chills and yeah. jen said you've got chills with that don't you and then somehow mm-hmm. it stuck mm-hmm.
2: um, and we knew that it was yeah. a very powerful yeah. moment yeah. it could be a very powerful moment and what that would mean for anna and elsa and mm-hmm. but it was all about you know or having to earn it of course and why would that happen and uh, but we, then we, when we realized, well, if Elsa, if something's happening to Elsa and they're so connected, then, you know, then something would happen to, to Olaf. We had an, early, an earlier version where Olaf was actually feeling everything Elsa felt. Mm. He could almost read her mind. And we had that throughout. So, And this was still in there as like by the time that Elsa was going to freeze that Olaf, you know, disappears and flurries away too we didn't we felt like we didn't need it as much so we kind of stripped that away earlier
0: you got a little bit of that feeling is that he's saying i don't think she's okay yes
2: Yes. yeah you know we saw that scene it's a very long scene uh very emotional and (laughs) jen and i just went we went okay this is phenomenal i don't want to see it again (laughs) i mean i don't because usually we watch them over and over and over and we give notes and we just went that's phenomenal
0: Leave it. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we just and every time we would see it in different iterations, we'd see it with effects, with all the flurries, and it would just get more emotional. Then we see it with final lighting, same thing. And and I honestly said, I said, I'm. That's good.
0: It's great. What's the one that you gave the most
2: notes on? I mean, the most.
1: Interactive, but not so much for notes. Was the whole development of the water knock and and what that's going to look like, and all the different departments working together. That wasn't really um, notes. It was that collaborative effort between animation, effects, and lighting, and their visual development partners. And uh, that was a that was a big mm-hmm. challenge. Um, mm-hmm. So creatively, show yourself was probably. Um, we knew it was a very important moment in the movie, but what that song should be, and working with Bobby and Kristen, who are great collaborators, but finding the version of that that worked. I think Mark Smith probably boarded that you know, 20 times. They rewrote <laughs> and rewrote the song many times, and I think it wasn't until someone, I can't even remember who, came up with the idea of, of integrating the lullaby into
2: the end of that and bringing the mother in. That's what really made it resonate. Because we originally were, were thinking, well, what if we do a Let It Go reprise in there? Cause, and we did, and they tried it. It was very emotional. Uh, but there was still something missing, and it was connecting the mom to that moment that finally, with her lullaby, that's when it really just, we just went, oh, this is incredible. So, But it 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 was a tough one, and I'll be honest, it was a tough one. There were times that I just went, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, there were moments, some versions I went, it's awesome, and sometimes it would... It get broken again mm-hmm. and you go oh what's happening so that was a real mm-hmm. a real bear of, uh, mm-hmm. of a sequence to do
0: did y'all always know that you'd have her kind of scoff at the, the frozen her saying let it go
2: no, <laughs> no that <laughs> was, was that
0: that was added that, that was,
2: was later when she brings all the all yeah, the, the memories memories down that was her just we, we actually just went through and did like a little gag pass it's like what would be fun mm-hmm. for the audience to memories of that you know, and we had always, always. So there's the let it go moment, and then there was always talked about how can we get Hans in the yes, movie right.
0: without it, it feeling like
2: really weird that he's showing up for some
0: reason? Because I did. Yeah, you kind of want to know. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know. And so that was at least our nod to it. It's like, and then, you know, for her to be able to sort of disintegrate him, it's like very satisfying.
0: When I listen to you guys talk, and I've been writing a bit and and writing children's and then writing adult books, and I'm thinking of just telling stories, but I wonder, everyone's talking about not writing linearly. I mean, pretty much. Where you just have it, it it feels, even as we're speaking, kind (laughs) of messy. How do you keep this train? Rolling, How does it somehow suddenly become this magical Frozen 2? We
1: talk about believe in the process, uh, because while you're in it, it's very hard to see how you're going to get to the end. Uh, I think the idea of we generally get the movie up, sometimes just in the beginning, just a story sketch, so we hire the actors, and about every three months we screen it for ourselves, but also all the other um, writers and Mm. directors at the studio who aren't on the project to help give us notes and those sessions can be it's painful, yeah. <laughs> okay. But we basically then rip it apart and rebuild it.
0: You know, even just thinking creatively, that could be a struggle. If you were speaking to someone who wanted to become a storyteller, would you encourage this sort of madness? Or <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, we.
1: You know, when Jen Jen will write a whole script. Oh yeah. So it, it is linear in that spot. but the way we work, it's it, yeah. It. I don't <laughs> think you can work linearly. I mean, as you said, both movies, we knew the ending. We just didn't know how to get
2: there, how to earn that ending. We hadn't earned it. You have your characters and you have the ending, but and then you have moments along the way that you go, this would be really cool. Mm-hmm. This would be cool. How can we make or, – or really emotional. How can we make this – This work and
0: And even stopping yourself, editing yourself, right? Because I'm sure there's a certain point where you're like, We can't keep changing this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if it's that good of an idea, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah,
2: Yeah. and a lot of good, really great ideas will resurface. Ones that you threw out a year ago, suddenly the story has changed again. And you're like, what about that? And mm-hmm. it comes back in a, in a different form. You're like, oh, my gosh. It was, mm-hmm. it was there all the time.
0: Is this part of the success? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of evolution of how Disney animation has worked. But would you say this is part of the success of what Frozen meant to the world? Or do you think it's different the way it's put together that way?
1: I think uh, certainly in in our recent films, and I'm talking from Tangled On, mm-hmm. uh, this idea of we're all responsible for each other's films at the studio, whether we're working on it or not, I think has made a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. like you said, sometimes hearing the critique is hard to take. Um, and it's the solution that is presented in the room isn't always the right solution. But if people are all giving you notes mm-hmm. around the same area, you know there's a problem to solve, and so you work the problem in the room yeah. and
2: come up with a solution that's right for the movie. Because we always say, "Well, what's what's the note behind the note?" Because mm-hmm. we may not want to follow that exact note that someone gave, but you know, but what is the issue there?
0: Yeah, and I think this is this is people listening to this may be saying. And I'm sure you're asking half the time, like, how did I get here? But truly, how do you get here? How if someone is just dreaming right now and they're dreaming of of working in Disney or working in animation or working in storytelling, how do they do this?
2: Well, I mean, for me, it's, it is. It, it was a dream. I, you know, I, I drew all my childhood. I loved, loved drawing. And um, and I loved watching Disney cartoons. I grew up on that. You know, when I was younger... Didn't have the access to the, all the cartoons, and the films only came out like every few years. The animated films, and so when they did come, you know, it was it was very very special. I fell in love with Pinocchio. Was, I think it was the first, I think it was the first movie I ever saw, and um, and I keep going back to that as maybe the moment that I went. I'd really love to do this someday. And drawing, I didn't even understand what animation was, but I just you know, I, I, I love those characters. And then just drawing and finally, um, you know, uh, finding the school, CalArts, which is just about 30 minutes away from here. And uh, and they had just started a character animation program. And we were the second second year that was there. And um, I had, um, besides Mike Jamo, who's our incredible production designer on this movie, he, uh, in my my class there, uh Tim Burton was in my class hmm. and so we all kind of grew up together and and luckily with our student films we got into Disney and started with the, the training. Program. So
0: no people like Tim Burton, be friends, be as talented as <laughs> great
2: <laughs> as Chris
0: Buck and No Tim Burton.
2: Tim Burton. Yeah. No. Um it, it it's just I think it's just the passion and, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to get to the place that we are, it doesn't, nothing was handed to us. And, um, but it is, you have to have the passion. Um, You know, animation can be a a long process, you know, three, four years for a film, so it takes patience, Um, but it does, um, it just takes persistence and patience and uh, and luck, I guess.
1: I think at the studio, we, we, obviously, we get to work with some of the best artists, some of the best technicians, but all of them um, uh, feel proud to be here and feel the legacy that came before. And it's sort of an honor to be here. And you're reminded every day what a creative process this is. And so um, uh, I think passion is a big part of it, but that passion feeds on itself in this environment. And it's uh, as hard as it is, it's also, it is, we are very lucky to be working here.
0: When you think about Disney and Disney animation, maybe specifically, but Disney in general, is there something that you just know you have yet to do as as far as what's next? I'm sure you don't want to talk about what's next when it's... You know, we've just come off of a giant project like this. But. I mean,
1: certainly keep challenging ourselves to tell great stories and, mm-hmm. and uh, stories that resonate around the world, surprise ourselves, challenge ourselves. Um, uh, I think each project is, is feels like a lifetime. <laughs> uh, uh, we measure our lives in terms of which movie were we making when our children were born or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
0: uh, People will talk about uh, a lull Pre tangled or something, but do you think that you have to have lulls to have the to have the frozen highs? That's
2: a good question. I mean, I guess
0: because you can't just be y- frozen y- every day. Y- can y- you?
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, certainly, I, there there are many great films that we've worked on and have made, mm-hmm. uh, including Frozen, that I think. The the big change for us was it once again became a filmmaker-driven studio where the filmmakers decide, do they have a passion to tell a story? And it comes from within rather than, than you know, getting scripts, mm-hmm. soliciting scripts and getting from the outside. It comes from the filmmakers. And I think that has made a big uh, uh, change for us in recent history.
0: What is the song in this film that you can't get out of your head, that you go home singing?
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> uh you know when Bobby and Kristen deliver a song, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think we all play the songs in our cars and we sing them and we can't get them out of our head and then they deliver a new song and the same thing <laughs> happens, happens all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say right now the crew is singing the songs uh, in the studio, which is the same thing that happened on the first movie so that's that's a good sign. into
2: the unknown yeah. is so catchy yeah. and that is just it's so, it's so powerful too. I really really do love that and I love you know, We got we're gonna have two versions now. We got Adina's version, which is just killer, and then we got Panic at the Disco's version, which is so amazing. It starts the journey. It's visually,
1: it's it's stunning. It actually means a lot to us. I think we realize in hindsight. uh, (laughs) Into the unknown is a little bit of how do you make a sequel (laughs) uh, of To Frozen? That feels a little bit of uh, us going into the unknown. So
0: my producer Samantha, who is a meteorologist like myself, so we both have that in common. But she (laughs) is the biggest Disney. Um, aficionado and she wrote almost like a thank you that in in the notes that she prepared for me and things she said because how much Frozen meant to her and this is you've heard around the world after making the first one why did this one resonate that much and and what is the Frozen effect I mean
1: when we first Movie first came, I think yeah. we knew we had a good movie, but nobody could have anticipated yeah. sort of the phenomena became or how much the movie would mean to people. And I think uh, uh, we were also, uh, uh, it was, YouTube had sort of just come into its own. So it was the first mm-hmm. film that we had worked on when we got to see audience reaction. And uh, that was pretty, pretty amazing feeling. And even since then, a lot of people have come up to us.
2: It's it's um, yeah it's it's kind of amazing. It still is there. Mm -hmm. People love that movie. Those characters mean so much to them. You know, when we first, um, I think it was it It was in the spring of fourteen, and we were doing um, uh, Reddit. You know, ask us anything, Mm -hmm. and someone wrote in saying that um, because of the film and because of Elsa's journey. How much that meant to her, and she said she was having a tough time in her life, and she says I'm still here on this planet because of Elsa and because of your movie. And you just, we just went, yeah. oh my gosh! I mean, and starting to feel the power of that and what you know, what these films can do for people. Um, there were stories of of children, autistic children, that were connecting with Olaf and we're talking starting to talk and communicate with their parents because of Olaf um, and there was just one after another we met people at at D23 these these two women who uh, somehow connected online and um, they didn't have sisters and they found each other and now they consider each other sisters and they're from two different countries um, and they came dressed up as Anna and Elsa. <laughs> and even people who are sisters who somehow
1: the movie reunited them and they brought their sister they hadn't talked with a long time to see the movie. And that was, uh, you know, emotional to them and reconnected them. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it goes on. We've had, you know, men who... Um, Uh, one gentleman who was in the Iraq war and um, lost some limbs Mm -hmm. and uh, there was something about let it go that made him realize he needed to put that part behind him and and sort of um, accept who he was and so Mm -hmm. again, on so many levels uh, uh, it's yeah, it's touching
0: So I will end the same way I'll end every interview because I think it's perfect and at D23, when they couldn't speak to me about really anything at all um, Josh kept leaning over Kristen's shoulder and saying because we're doing frozen three <laughs> <laughs> and I mean <laughs> six times in the interview um, obviously he was just he was just joking right yeah,
1: the, it, we don't it, have
0: a frozen three you
1: know, <laughs> we feel like frozen one and frozen two tells one complete story although at the time we did frozen one you
0: thought it was a complete story, story
2: so. we always now we now we joke is like ask us in a year right because that's right. what it took after the first one, to go, uh, there's more story to tell.
0: But is this kind of now? It's kind of opened or or broken a dam as we decided into maybe something else for the future. Because I think a lot of the stories that we love, Tangled being one in my house, that you go, and somebody said to me when well, she cut her hair, she so that can't have another one. It's like wait, but there, <laughs> there could be more story. There could be if there was one Disney film, whether it be Pinocchio, anything. What what do you think also deserves a sequel?
2: Oh, that's a great question.
1: Oh, gee. That is so hard because all our films always feel like they're crafted to be a complete story.
0: But a favorite that maybe you say, I would have really loved to see more of
1: this one. I'm rattling through all the movies in my head and it's hard to (laughs) pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child.
0: I know. But even if just the first one comes, because obviously we all know we all have our favorite children.
2: Okay, I will say three. one. Frozen three. Frozen 3. I will say one. Yeah. I love, love, love this movie. I always loved it as a kid, and I think you could. I think they probably did one, a direct video but I would say Jungle Book. Jungle Book, yeah. There's something about, he goes to the, the man village at the very end, right. but it's like, but he's still a kid. So it's like, what is happening in that jungle and those, I love all those animals there, and there could be more animals and all that kind of stuff and more great songs okay
0: peter pick oh my god
2: i don't know (laughs) okay i I, I
1: don't know maybe no i don't know sorry
0: all right we'll let we'll let that one go thank you both so much for doing this (laughs) we really appreciate it
2: thank you i really appreciate it
0: our thanks to peter Delveco and chris buck for their time today and for creating one of the best stories of all time. Inside Frozen 2 is a production of ABC Audio and Walt Disney Animation Studios, written and produced by Matt Wolf, with additional production by Trevor Hastings, Gabriel Stewart, Gabriel Guy, Andrew Page, Dana Schaefer, and my personal favorite Frozen fan, Samantha Winneck. Executive produced by Heidi Oringer, And special thanks to Abe Velez and Josh Cohen at ABC. Oh, and Amy Astley, of course, at Walt Disney Animation Studios. I'm ABC's Ginger Z.